Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noel Cordell. Hello. Noel, do you know what I love about podcasting? What? That you could have bad head, morning breath, cookies in your eyes, drool running down the side of your chin. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> All you need is to be, be co- cohesive in your thinking. Well, that's a lovely picture you just presented to us. Well, it's early here in Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm still in my pajamas. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, let's be transparent. I'm sorry. Actually, like I'm half in my pajamas. I have workout pants on and my pajama top. I haven't like quite gotten that far yet. <laughs> I, I, I'm only wearing socks and they don't match. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, this is the Catalyst Life Coaching course. Uh, I, oh, did I say course? <laughs> this is a, we have We have so many Catalyst products. This is the Catalyst Life Coaching podcast. Yes. 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 Where we cover science. Um, positive psychology, everything life coaching, and you don't need to be a coach or a coach in training to get something from this. You can just learn about life, love, the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, so I, I, I say that this this podcast is about life, period, and it's about coaching. Yeah, I like that. Simplify cool. that shit. All right. Cool. Um, so right yes, now uh, we're, we're, we're doing part two of love and shit. Yes, and uh, if you guys haven't heard, if you're listening to this now and you haven't heard part one, you may be a little confused about the title. So, Noel, maybe you could explain what the story is behind love and shit. Oh, absolutely. So, this all, everything that we've been talking about for the last two podcasts is based on the work of Barbara Fredrickson. She's a positivity researcher, and when we're looking at happiness from a scientific perspective. There are so many different elements to how human beings can boost and expand the the pleasure of their experience on Earth. And love is one of the biggest overarching concepts that we all contend with as human beings. And, you know, it's something that I think we experience uniquely with our consciousness. So what we talked about in part one was that love has kind of gotten a bad rap. It's it's become socialized into this this thing that happens between one man, one woman, and it's a Disney fairy tale. And if you don't have that, you're doing it wrong. But what it actually is, is these tiny little moments of micro-connection and a shared agreement between two people to, to have a mutually beneficial engagement with each other that can last for one minute or 20 years. And it doesn't have to be romantically paired. You can literally find love everywhere. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's interesting. I I, I think that we have uh, just tightly tied the word love to romantic and movies and soulmate and all these other words. Um, People don't usually use the word love when it comes to just you know, like you said, the 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 thirty second connection or the friendship or the 
the person bagging your groceries or, you know, that. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it, and it, it's both, it's so interesting because as we talked about last week, you know, we talked about it from a psychosocial perspective last week, but it goes so much deeper down into the way our physiology operates and the way our, our body actually absorbs these moments of micro connection. And that's what we're going to talk about today. All right. Uh, how, how it works. And so let's dive in. Um, I think that fundamentally it's really important to know that experiencing love, experiencing these micro moments of connection fundamentally alters the biochemicals in your body. And that can alter the way your DNA gets expressed within your cells. It's pretty it's crazy. It's crazy. And, and the other thing that's really important to understand is that a steady diet of love, a steady diet of these micro moments of positivity and connection, they influence how you grow and change and they actually make you healthier and more resilient. Mm. And now we're beginning to understand how it works. It, it works through this complex chain of biological reactions that cascade through your body and change your behavior uh, in ways that you literally experience the world around you. That's amazing. It's amazing that um, it's, I just, I've never heard um, that much perspective and depth and uh, just stretching the word love in that way. Oh yeah. And I think that it's truly a revolutionary concept because when you go out into the world every day, we tend to be stuck in our nervous systems. We tend to be stuck in our cortisol-driven systems of fight or flight or what's in it for me or these are my problems. And we don't look at every day as an opportunity to go out there and just like our hunter-gatherer ancestors, gather up these beautiful little moments of positivity and connection that can actually feed our fucking souls and change the way that we experience life. Yeah, we're always in the state of uh, survival. I know. You know we don't have to be. Yeah, it's a choice and it's a, a practice. It is. It's a choice and it is a practice. Um, it's important. It, I think the word practice is really important to this conversation because there's movement in this. It's, it is a, love is a verb. It's not a noun. And, it, you know, just as it takes action to connect with another human being, there is action that occurs inside of your body and it it forms in waves you know you want to think about waves peaking and then crashing and ebbing and flowing that's the way this stuff works our whole universe is fluid and constantly changing and the more that we can get our brains and bodies attuned to accepting and embracing this constant flow of change the better off we're going to be overall so let me ask you this uh for people listening and um and also myself um what does what would practicing this uh in kind of like everyday life look like so that's I'm so glad you brought that up because I took notes on that. Um, so it has to do with your with your vagal your vagal tone. And let me 
back up a little bit and explain what the heck that is and how it all works. There are did someone say did someone say bagels? (laughs) Well, bagels are delicious. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's all I'm thinking about right now. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. Bagels are delicious, and and but this is Vegas with a with a V V A G U S. There are there are three parts of your of your body of your um, physiology that make up love. Essentially, it's oxytocin, Mm -hmm. the bonding hormone. Right. It's your vagus nerve which is your 10th cranial nerve, and it runs from deep inside your brain down to your heart and your lungs and your other internal organs. Mm. And then it's your brain. So oxytocin is the shit that pulses through your body. Your vagus nerve is the thing that pulses and sends it all out. And then your brain is this phenomenon that is the locus of feeling where you feel like you're in sync with another person. Right. Right. So those are the three central characteristics. Your vagus nerve is is the important piece of this whole thing. You can have weak or strong vagal tone. And that basically means that it's the extent to which this nerve is pumping and pulsing the feeling of connection to your brain and body. Mm. So. If you have higher vagal tone, you're going to be more flexible across life domains, physical, mental, and social. You're going to adapt better to ever-shifting circumstances. Um, it, you'll, you'll experience stress better, um, and you experience more love in your daily life and more moments of, of that little micro-moments of, of positivity resonance. The way to do it is there there are three things that I found. Number one is meditation. Mm. Meditation has been called the silver bullet of happiness. And meditation strengthens your vagal tone. And I was thinking about it from a cognitive perspective, and I think it has to do with the practice of letting feelings just flow over you, through you, and past you versus letting feelings disrupt you and attach to them. Mm, Interesting. Isn't that interesting? And then the second piece of it is trust. And trust is a two-way street. It's both the act of telling somebody a secret about yourself or sharing something that you require trust in order to be able to tell them, just like this morning, John. So when you asked me how I was doing and I said, great, and you said, that's not true, and I shared with you what was going on in my life, I trusted you in that moment to like have my back and hear me. And on the flip side, you got a huge dose of oxytocin by being the trusted person. And so in our brief exchange of like, what the fuck's this morning, like we both gave each other not only a boost of oxytocin that's now coursing through our body, but also the experience of trust, which strengthens our vagal tone. So trust and um, the process of building trust 
strengthens your bagel tone. Bagel tone. Your va- <laughs> yeah. God, your, your bagel. So, um, you know, trust in bagels for the win. <laughs> you know, what's interesting though is so when you know when people when we go live through the, this world and we go get into relationships and we get hurt and people cheat on us and all this kind of stuff, um, our our love stove becomes very hot. We be, become afraid to 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 touch it. So, a lot of us don't trust people. And so when we don't trust people, we're not um, exercising that, the, vag- the vagal. The vagal, yeah, exactly. When, when you don't trust people, you're not exercising it. And, but I think, too, you know, like, that, like there are so many opportunities for relationships. You know, it doesn't – I think that when people get burned by romantic partners and they, like, have this big drop in trust – a couple things happen. Number one, I think they start to look inward and feel like, oh, super lonely. I'm a lone kitten out there in the world, you know? And two, it's like they stop looking around them for all of the other people who are there to right. share these ex- these micro moments of experiences with. That's so true. It's like, it, you're right. I mean, it doesn't matter how many friends you have when you go through an expired relationship, suddenly it, it feels like you have no one and you... Ex- yeah, you forget that that your friends are actually, you know, giving you something too. There, beyond that, it, it's like it, it's life giving. You know, it's like drinking water when you're thirsty, or you know, eating an orange when you need a shot of vitamin C. Depending on the people around you, is what gives life to this concept. Yeah, and I think because we don't see or value the people around us when we when a break, you know, when a, when we go through a breakup. Um, that's why we put so much weight and energy into into quickly trying to replace and finding someone different. Oh yeah, you know, a hundred percent. And then and 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 being evaluative of your relationships is really important. Um, there was this experiment that was done. Uh, a bunch of people were put in a room and they were basically blasted with oxytocin mm. and like a fire with, hose. I think it was more like a squirt bottle, but I'm not, we'll, we'll figure it out. I want some, it was nasal spray. That's what it was. It was oxytocin nasal spray. And I was thinking I would really love to get my hands on some of that. Um, I don't know where to find it. So if anybody out there listening wants to send me some, I'd be totally stoked about it. Um, but so they were given oxytocin nasal spray and asked to engage in trust building activities. And some people, of course, were controls and they were specifically engaging in social cues and things that would uh, demonstrate that they were not trustworthy. And what the researchers learned is that even though oxytocin is a trust building hormone and you get it when it pumps through your body, it doesn't um, negatively impact your ability to decide whether or not to trust someone. Mm, Interesting. So you can go out there and have all of these micro moments and build up your vagal tone and build up your oxytocin stores and not, it it doesn't turn you into a blind optimist. You know, it just, what it does is it, it gives you, um, it gives you the ability to defend against cortisol, your stress hormone. It's like a superpower. Right, right. You know, um, I also saw a TED talk and what what blocks oxytocin, uh, especially for men, is testosterone. And so the, you know, the difference between uh, men and women and when they uh, fall in love or the feeling is 
when women um, are are sexually intimate, and then also especially when they have an orgasm, they get um, a flood of oxytocin. Men too. Men, well, men too, but but I, I hear that with men, it's when they decide to commit. So so married men. Um, oh, that's such bullshit. Really, that's what I heard. That's fucking bullshit, man. Straight up. If you have an orgasm, I don't care how committed you are, you get the same chemical reaction. But do you think it's in the same dosage? I mean, do yes. you think that uh, it's the same amount? Well, everybody has different amounts of hormonal release based on their physiology, right? So, I mean, let's just take testosterone. Like when you work out a lot, you have higher increased levels of te- testosterone. Yeah. And I mean, even if we're talking orgasms, like they're all orgasms are not created equal, right? Like they, there's this scale of like, oh, that was nice. So like that was a fucking volcano, you know? So like, and just as I described all of this stuff being verbal and fluid throughout your body, you know, sure, definitely different levels of hormones will flow during different levels of connection and experience. You know, if you take drugs that make all of the hormones flood to your brain, you're going to experience them all at once for a little bit. And then you're going to be depleted and depressed for the next couple of days. Like, it's just like, we are ecosystems. I'm glad you're on the show because <laughs> <laughs> well, this is all interesting. And let me, let me ask you, so what would be the reminder? What would be the instruction? What would be the homework for, um, people listening to this podcast, uh, you know, to, to strengthen their, their vagal and to, you know, love differently or, or put love through a different lens. I think the instruction would be to, you know, really get in touch with your own somatic feeling with your own bodily feeling. And when you wake up and you go out into the world and you might be feeling poorly or down or bad about yourself, really get interested in why, you know, is it because you're subject to this binary concept that like, if you're not romantically paired, there's something wrong with you. And if you can get to that stage of awareness of saying, okay, I have this feeling it's socially imposed and I don't have to be subject to it. Let me try to do something differently out there in the world and just get you really attuned to that yeah i love that and i'm going to add a couple things one is to um redefine what love looks like you know i think love is a definition that we carry in our pocket and we never tamper with it and um sometimes we need to reinvent it or we need to rediscover it or we need to flip it on its head or you know and so yeah so redefine it you know maybe stretch it you know yeah, stretch it as far as you can. Um, and it's there's other there's other stuff you can do too, like like simple cues, like making eye contact with people, um, positive nonverbal expressions, and friendly gestures. Those things build trust and give like they both invite trust and give you the experience of being the trusted person. So you know that's a twofer. Um, why? Why isn't everyone just friendly? Is it because is it because people are are uh, in their in the fire flight? Is it because they're they're not happy? I mean, I mean, you know, especially in LA, people don't look each other in the eye. Uh, people are generally not friendly, um, and they, they're not bad people. I mean, maybe once you start talking to them, they you know lighten up. But 
I think it's really, I think it's really cultural and social, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, I know it's just, it really is. I mean, different cultures. I mean, if, even if we're looking globally, I mean, my gosh, there's such a vast array of different customs for greeting people, the way values are placed and held in society. Um, social contagion is a real thing. Social contagion is this thing where you, you take on and adopt the behavior and demeanor of people around you. So if you live in a place where everybody's too cool for school and there's just this built-in social custom of not making eye contact, not getting to know you, you know, you're going to adopt that stance and feel like you're doing the right thing for survival because you're in your tribe, you know, you're doing, you're participating in the rules of your tribe, take you out of LA and stick you in the deep South where everybody is just going to open their homes Mm -hmm. and welcome you in and feed you biscuits until you can't eat anymore. You know, that that'll be a whole different experience and you'd have to adapt to that social environment. Noel, I think my biggest takeaway from this conversation um, is to move. <laughs> you, you, you had me at biscuits. <laughs> I know, right? Awesome. Well, thank you for the dialogue, Noel. And guys, I, I, um, this is part two of Love and Shit. And um, I hope you guys are you know, getting um, a different view of love or at least being challenged, um, thinking about your definitions of love and um, how it affects your uh, biology. Indeed, indeed. We'll catch you next time. Yes, guys, be well. Thanks for listening to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast presented by Shift. If you'd like to learn more about what you've heard on today's show, head to shift.us. That's S-H-F-T dot U-S for more information. Feel free to rate us, review us, and tell a friend.